When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is our first episode of our in-season series OC Office Hour. Today, I'll be handling this one on my own just to set the stage for what we're going to have for the rest of the season and what you can expect. What we'll do is kind of like we did last year with Noel Mazzoni. We'll have a offensive coordinator come on the show and discuss some of the things he saw in the games that he watched, whether those were high school, college, or the NFL And we'll get into some ideas on how you make some adjustments to those things, how you get them done in practice, how you plan those, etc. So today I'm going to start with some of the football that I watched this weekend. And without naming teams, I'll start at the high school level and point out some things that I saw maybe as trends for this season and things that you can think about putting into your offense. So the very first one has to do with tempo. In this particular game that I was at, both teams were huddle teams. But what one of those teams did very well was use tempo, and it seemed that they were one-word plays in certain situations, like if they picked up a big first down run. They were in second and short. Usually it seemed like it was around two to three. I think they might have extended that to four one time. They jumped into a play right away. It was a misdirection play with the ball going up the middle, and it looked like inside zone blocking. The other situation I saw them use that in was in short yardage. So you get into a third and short, even a fourth and short, before the defense has time to get their call or signal. They jump into their offense and run their play right away. So it's a great use of tempo, and I think that's important to use even if you are a huddle team. Those things can become weapons for you. Now, it's not just putting those in and saying, okay, we're going to put in one word calls this week. It's practicing those procedures. Your players need to know when you're going to use them. You have to have a system of communicating those. So let's start with that, thinking about how you communicate when you're going to use those. I think it'd be useful to have a person who's alerting you to that. That very well could be the person who sees the down and distance first. Typically, we would have somebody up in the box, and that was their job. I usually, when I was an offensive coordinator, was sitting right next to them. When I called it from the field, as a head coach and offensive coordinator at the high school level, I would have somebody upstairs relaying that information to me. So what I would think would be useful is to have that person say, whatever your one-word call is or whatever that situation, how you name it, let's just say it's tempo. So they alert you that it's second and two tempo. Now you know you're going to the one-word call part of your list, and you're going with that, right? So that's the first part of thinking about the mechanism that you have to communicate that between coaches. Next, how are you going to communicate it to the players? Are you yelling that out on the field? Do you have somebody signaling it? I can say the advantage in having a signal for it, or we used 
a picture board for that is that when they're nonverbal cues, the defense can't hear those and get used to them. But, you know, when you think about it over the course of a game, if you're using something maybe even half a dozen times, I don't know that the defense can pick up on that right away in the chaos, especially if you have a few of those that you use. So that would be the other thing to think about having two to three of those that you feel comfortable with uh, in using those in the course of a game. And maybe there's some specialty situations. I went through and looked at some of the resources that I had and found some things from Jason Lewis, who's the offensive coordinator at Heidelberg, and how he thinks about using these types of plays, one-word calls, uh, fastest tempo that you can, and he wants to use his most efficient plays. That makes sense. You want to use plays that you're good at, that your players know without having to make a lot of adjustments or they can make those on the fly. So that's the biggest consideration are those types of plays. Now, that being said, you might have plays that do require some offensive line calls, and you want to consider not using those those types of, of plays that maybe are a little bit more complicated. For example, and I can't remember what coach heard in a clinic talking about how they really love to use outside zone as their tempo play because their players are just going to get on their tracks and run. And, and I agree. I think that's a good use of a tempo play for us. And I think back to some of the things we were doing, it was stick draw and it was a, a zone blocked type of draw but very simple for us. We could get up to the line and run that thing in our sleep without many calls and being able to be efficient with that play. If you have some RPOs, I do think this is a good place to use some of those RPOs. Uh, maybe it's quick game. Shot plays are, are a good chance to do this here. Uh, to use a shot play or a trick play within this up-tempo procedure is a good place as well. So take a look at that. What can you do? How can you add that aspect of stressing a defense with going up-tempo, even if you are not an up-tempo team? Finding those opportunities and then practicing them. Right? That would be the next part is how do you get these practiced? Well, you're going to have to script those situations into it and make sure that you have the setup within practice to do those things. I would think it'd be useful to help alert your scout team to get them into the basic set that you would expect to see. Now, the, what you're trying to force to here is the defense to go vanilla on you. Now, they're getting better at those things. They get their own one-word calls as well. But I would consider being having your scout team be able to line those up and go fast. I think the other thing you could do is like a Thursday walkthrough, your last walkthrough of the week, is to simulate those as well. Uh, you know, move the ball down the field, say, hey, we picked up a first down. They're going to get in that play, run the play. And that could be done on air as well. You're really working the procedures in that instance. Now, in the game that I was watching, the score at halftime was 21 to nothing. And one team definitely had control of the game. The other team struggled a little bit on offense. They certainly uh, were giving up some big plays on defense. But they came out in the second half and adjusted. And they got their offense back into a rhythm, and they were able to do some things on the offensive side of the ball as well as get some stops on defense. And it reminded me of a podcast that we did with Tony DeMeo where we talked about the disaster plan. And the disaster plan meaning something happened, maybe unexpectedly, where you got down big and there had to be a certain way of operating. And that's what I saw these guys do. They didn't necessarily 
do anything with their tempo. I, I mentioned they were a one-word call team. They still use those, but it wasn't all of a sudden now they were in an up-tempo mode to get back into it. They were just doing smart things. They were running their most efficient plays. They were very patient with it. And I think if you listen to that podcast, which I'll link in the show notes, those are some of the things that Coach DeMeo and I talked about and how you get back into a ball game. And he called it his disaster plan. From a practical standpoint, with a disaster plan, you still have to have those kinds of things installed. Now, I don't know when the best time to do that is. I would think before the season or maybe in a bye week. I just don't like putting those things in during the course of the week. I think it, it brings or plants some seeds of of bad things can happen, and I don't want to do that, but I certainly want to plan for that contingency. Uh, maybe it's handled in a meeting, right? And you can explain, okay, here's our objectives. Here's how we're going to handle it. Here's the procedures we will use. Here's our thought process, and show them how those series put together with stops will get you back into a ball game and allow you to be where you want to be at the end. The next thing I thought of as far as something that you can work here, either if you're going into your season or you're already into it, is overtime procedures. I don't think you can get enough of those. This game did go into overtime. I know there were quite a few overtime games as I looked at the scores on Saturday morning and your players have to be ready for those situations and I think you as a play caller and your staff that helps you need to be ready for those situations as well so what's going to be the procedures you want to use there what are your thought processes whether you get the ball first or you get the ball second and how you're going to approach those situations Um, I would say one team definitely could have used more practice at that. Uh, you know, there was a, an instance on a fourth down where, you know, the kid got tackled. And I think that has to be one thing. Like, game on the line, last play of the game, you can't get tackled, right? It's just like if you were uh, running a clock play, et cetera. You got to think about those things. You don't want to end the game right there. A fumble that gets picked up, you know, and scores, that's a, a risk if you're the first one who has the ball. But I think it's highly unlikely that deep in the field for that thing to go the other way unless you are out in space but certainly uh, you don't want to leave the game right there on the field if it is the last play of the game to get tackled with the ball when you're not in the end zone so again thinking about how you teach that how you make them understand when those situations come into play probably wouldn't do it uh, necessarily in if I was the first in possession there Uh, or as we were moving along, if it was going into another overtime. But if you are down and you have to score, you want to think about those situations there and use those. And then the other thing I think is important in looking at things from an offensive perspective is having and teaching your quarterbacks to climb the pocket. Uh, I, I was actually, I thought of this as I was watching the Browns Eagles game and was watching the quarterback Dobbs just did a great job on one play of starting up into the pocket and then redirecting back around and I think that's where you want to work those things with your quarterback I think having a planned escape route is necessary there's going to be those situations where the coverage is good downfield but maybe your guy has some legs and he can do some things where should he go first what should it be his thought process first for example with the protection we used, uh, we were sliding one way, protecting man on the backside. 
our natural escape route was away from the slide to the B-gap. And our quarterbacks were schooled to always go there first. And we had a drill that we just called B-gap open or B-gap closed. So as they would start there, their feet would lead them up into the pocket to get there. And they're climbing the pocket. If it's closed, then they were doing what we call the C-gap escape and getting around that uh, tackle there to the outside. If it was open, they were continuing through. And we always told them, maintain your status as a passer, meaning don't tuck this thing until you break the line of scrimmage. Right? That's something that can freeze the defense as soon as that ball is tucked. You're going to have uh, defenders converging, and it doesn't give you the space you want to run. I just don't think you can get enough of that. That's a drill that is very easy to work. It was something we always worked. We'd find special teams time to get a few minutes of that in. We would do it as a warm-up. Uh, I liked setting up five trash cans there to simulate the five offensive linemen. Uh, we would have them call out the protection and understand where our slide was going. And then they would work through a progression in, in what we call the concept call drill, something that picked up from Dubmatix, where they were just calling out the different routes in their progression. They'd go through that, moving their eyes and feet along with it. And then the last part was escape. So uh, they would go through the full progression and moving their eyes, and then their feet would go back up into the pocket. And then I simply would stand there on one can and being the defender and either step into that B gap and he'd have to go get around the other way, or I'd go upfield and that B-gap was open and he was able to go there. We would add into that as they started to understand the concept, uh, having guys move around the field and be a throw for them as well as they're starting into a scramble. They're still able to, as I say, maintain their status as a passer and get the ball downfield. Lastly is the idea of finish, and I think this is something I saw Particularly in some offensive linemen, I think as the game went on, it was a little bit of a humid night. Obviously, this time of year, it's hot, it's humid. Uh, there's that excitement and adrenaline of week one that sometimes takes your focus away. But too many times where I saw guys watching the play instead of finishing the play, right? I always say go find work. Now, you have to be smart of where you find that work. It should be ahead of you, out in front of you. And obviously, you're coaching them up to get their head or their body across so that it's in a legal block position. Uh, whether those are receivers or offensive linemen, you want your guys working down the field. Why? Well, you never know when a guy's going to break a tackle and have the opportunity to do more with the ball, but if he's surrounded by defenders, somebody's going to get him. There's also the possibility that maybe that ball comes out. If your guys are hustling down the field, it's a chance to recover that ball, right? So all kinds of reasons to do that. You want to emphasize it with your players. You want to emphasize it in practice, right? What is that going to be, right? A lot of times we get into quick whistle, uh, but I always say we want to see at least when we turn off that film, practice film or game film, that you were moving towards the ball. So thinking about working on finish, I think, would be productive right now, emphasizing it. Before it becomes a bad habit, it's just something that, again, uh, especially younger younger guys, that heat of the moment, first battle, etc. Sometimes there's that tendency, the big play, something's happening, they're watching the play, they're a fan on the field, they have the best seats in the house rather than continuing their work until the whistle. So things that you can emphasize there. So as the season rolls on, we will have guests our next 
A couple of guests are USFL offensive coordinators. Uh, we're going to have Jeff Mullen join us as well. He was a longtime coordinator at the FBS level, has a lot of great ideas, and uh, we have some other guy, great guys lined up for you over the course of the season. We're just nailing down some dates with them, but we're really excited about this series and what the different perspectives you're going to hear from all of these different offensive coordinators, the way they think about the game, the things that they're seeing in the games that are being played, and things that may be able to help you in season. So best of luck wherever you are right now, getting ready to go, already into it. Best of luck with the season, and we'll be back next week with OC Office Hour. Be sure to check out everything we're doing here at coachingcoordinator.com. We'll try to put some things up there that are supplemental to all these different podcasts that we're having in season, and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.